to the first edition of Not Here to Play School, a college football podcast featuring myself, Jake Micah, and my brother, Alex Micah. Alex, Mo, I don't know what I'm going to call you on this yet. So uh, just... It's probably going to be a mix of both, I would assume. Yeah, so if you hear Mo, it's Alex. If you hear Alex, it's Alex. He's the only one here. So we're starting our endeavor here into the college football season. Um, you've heard me on here talking bills, talking basketball, but... I mean, Mo, we've been watching. I don't even can't even remember a time in my life where Saturdays haven't revolved around college football. So we figured now's the time we got to we got to lock into this season. So here we are not here to play school. I posted the uh, the tweet the other day, the infamous Cardell Jones tweet ain't come here to play school, came here to play football. <laughs> and it's it's ringing true uh, throughout the college football world more than ever nowadays. And uh, I guess that's where we kind of have to start because it's ringing true more than ever nowadays in college football, especially in Colorado, in Boulder, Colorado, with 53 new people or whatever. That's 50-something new people on the roster flipped over the entire team. And what did Coach Prime and Deion Sanders do last week? But they walked into Fort Worth, defending national championship runner-up, and beat them 45 42 we're i mean we watched that game together i guess we were we weren't we were surprised but also not surprised at the same time so like i now we're kind of it's on thursday we're looking ahead to next week but looking back at last week's storylines first and what were, what do you feel about colorado now four days later my, after that a uh, huge my forest. my hottest take coming out of that game is that Shadur sanders is going to be a better nfl player than his dad was Oh my gosh! That's that I'm putting on the record take. right now. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I'm putting on. He might not get drafted for two years if he stays another year. But that's that's <laughs> the hot take right now. To, I mean, to come in and put up 510 yards, set the single game passing record for Colorado in his very first game uh, in FBS. It's absurd. You ain't lying, man. And Shador like. Shador really balled out in that game, but it was the effort. We were talking about it during the game. It was the ease and the effortlessness he was playing with and how decisive he was in that offense. Like everything, he just looked so calm. Nothing faced him. And I and Dion earlier in the week had an interview on Pat McAfee, and that's exactly how he described Shador. He's like, listen, obviously, like that's what this kid's been his whole life. Like he's just an even Steven, steady the whole way. And that's what he looked like the whole time. They were blitzing the whole – pretty much like a lot of that game too. Anything they sent at him, he was ready for. He made the right decision. 510 yards. That offense, we know Sean Lewis, formerly of Kent State, they're going to be fast all year long, so they got a lot of plays off. But the efficiency he ran that with is kind of scary. And, I mean, I don't know what to expect from this TCU team, I guess, going the rest of this year. I, who knows what they're actually going to be. But regardless, I think – Colorado, I mean, I don't I just think there was so much unknown that people didn't just didn't know what to expect when they saw him on the field week one and they uh they showed that they belong at least. They're gonna be well, yeah, and then, in that I mean, conference. It, it would depend on who you ask, because there was a lot of people who were like, nah, Dion's been doing this for years, he's gonna show out. And there's people who was like, Oh yeah, he did it, you know, at a smaller school. He did it, you know, at HBCU. It doesn't matter, it's not gonna translate to the Pac twelve, but obviously he he showed up. I mean, there was that video that came out back in December or January. He said, I'm bringing my own luggage, and it's Louie. And he wasn't lying. 
Obviously, That's I mean, I, I doubted it. I was saying before that game, I was like, oh, they're going to go like four and eight this year. And they still might. But, I mean, that offense, the way it's rolling, it's I mean, the Pac-12 doesn't have a lot of good defenses. So we'll see what happens. It's going to be hard to stop them, though. And like you said with Sean Lewis, he what he was trying to do at Kent just didn't have the talent. Now he has the talent. They're going to be electric this year the whole time. Um, there's The defenses in that conference are just – it's not – there's and the quarterback play we saw last weekend too. It's going to be a lot of points, and I think Shador is going to have his way with a lot of guys, uh, with a lot of teams this this whole season, and with a lot of, uh, I think Prime especially at this point, no one's going to be surprised by them, obviously. But I feel like he's kind of got. There's just, I mean, it's he's done it every he's done this everywhere he's gone at this point, right? I mean, with Jackson State turned him around right away, and now this team they look like they're ready to who knows at least make some noise in the Pac 12. But I feel like even just saying that, I'm not giving them enough credit. And you talked, you brought up Shador to start, but I think I'm not giving enough credit because they might have the best player in the country on their team, too. And Travis Hunter, who played, what, 130 snaps or whatever and had 11 catches for oh, 119 yards or something. And they had four guys over 100 yards receiving, which is yeah, credit they, to Shador, they, too. But go yeah, Travis had, Hunter was just special on Saturday, too. He he was. I mean, with the interception, and he had, like, two pass deflections. And I, I don't know. I've seen a crazy range. I saw 110 was how many snaps. One, you said 130. It's He played a lot. That's all you really need to take away from it. Um, and then some guys that, like, I never heard of even, like, that Dylan Edwards, that running back, he had five catches for 135 yards and three touchdowns. And that's from their that's from their starting running back. Like, that team is just loaded. Yeah, it's – they're, they're going to be fun to watch this year. I don't know about TCU, but that's our – that's the biggest story out of the Pac-12 this week. And I didn't think that we'd start with the Pac-12, the quarterback play, but really Colorado. I mean, that's – the, the, it's going to be an interesting year in the Pac-12, but all eyes on Colorado. Seven, seven point five million or whatever it was. Watch that big noon game on Saturday. Yeah, the world is going to be watching again there, and I feel like it's going to be more this week. They play Nebraska this week. Huge rivalry renewed. First game in Boulder for Coach Prime. I mean, what eight million, nine million people are going to be super interested to see. We'll talk about that game a little bit at the end of the podcast as we get into our previews. Um, but we'll move over to the Big Ten, which. Uh, as you listen to this pod, we're here in the first edition. As you listen, the Big Ten is our is where our bread and butter is going to be. Um, probably just I, I watch more Big Ten football than anything. I love me some Big Ten football. I love me some Nebraska-Minnesota from last week, 13 to 10, and some of the high-flying stuff. But we're not talking – there is a performance that was a little grotesque, but we got to talk about Penn State and what Drew Allaire did because – or Aller – I don't know. We're gonna have to figure that out. I th- and, I think uh, it's I think it's Drew Allaire. I think it's a layer. Um, I think they were saying it wrong because I've only ever heard a layer before. Yeah, I think we'll, we'll, go, we'll, we'll go with a layer. Just say Drew. We'll just say Drew. Drew. Yeah, sure. Drew. Anyways, Drew I've first, never seen a court. First first I mean, there's there's I've there's only been a handful of quarterbacks I've watched in a college football game, especially in one, like the first, the first time I seen him on the field and I'm like, all right, yeah, that guy, he's, he's fine. Like he's locked in. Caleb is probably the last one when Caleb Williams came in a couple years ago for Oklahoma and just was running around. You're like, Oh yeah, this guy, whatever. Like he's got some stuff to iron out, but he's the one. And that's kind of how 
Drew looked the other night too. I mean, yeah, you couldn't ask for like a like a better first career start. Honestly, I mean, he was ex- extremely efficient. What twenty one out of twenty nine uh, for three touchdowns and three hundred and forty yards. And that first that Pretty first good. touchdown pass on on their opening drive, I mean, he kept, he was like that's the thing. He was completely like same thing with like we were talking about Shadur. He was completely calm. He was able to make plays um, off platform and like just bat- anything. Anytime he faced any pressure, he's able to step up in the pocket or scramble. That first touchdown, he was off platform, flick of a wrist, forty five yards, and it'd be a seventy yard touchdown. Like you can't ask for more than that for a first career start. And he got, I mean, like I said, he got some playing time last year, so he's a little comfortable with that offense, but that was, that was something. Yeah. I can't wait to see them. Uh, like I said, against Delaware this week and just see them light people up and see what that offense looks yeah. like. Cause it was a tough and West Virginia was basically blitzing the whole game too. It was a lot of pressure, a lot of handsiness and he answered the bell everywhere. Um, Penn state that, that, that a lot of talent across the board and they, they got a lot of hype in the offseason as, oh, maybe this is the year that they're they're right there with Michigan-Ohio State. We still want to see it on the field, but maybe this is the year. And week one, I mean, Michigan played, you know, unworthy competition, handled that. Penn State playing a Power 5 team. I don't know. Who knows what West Virginia is going to look like this year by the end of it. But it was a pretty impressive performance, well, especially when you take – go ahead. Well, like, like uh, West Virginia is not supposed to be very good in the Big 12 overall. Uh a lot of preseason, you know, have them last, but whatever. Penn State, you know, they picked the schedule ahead of time. They can't you can't fault them for 2013. Them. These games were uh, scheduled, I think. 2013. Yeah. So you can't fault them for that. But I don't. I, I talked about it before, and I was I told you that was the one good thing West Virginia kept on doing is that they're run, they were getting a decent running game going, so they have a good offensive line. So that was a little bit. Penn State struggled to get through that offensive line, and if they're struggling, you know, with West Virginia. That's something to take away from this game. Are they going to struggle against Michigan with their good offense line or with against Ohio State? So, I mean, it's a win, but it's the kind of win that coaches love because you have a lot of tape and a lot of to, you know, work towards and try to fix. And Michigan will definitely try to take advantage of that. But Ohio State went to Indiana, won 23-3, but that 23 is just not a number we're accustomed to seeing for Ohio State. And it's just jarring to look at that game and that score. Maybe this is the team that's going to win differently this year. I think their defense is, I mean, hyped up to be much improved. I think they looked way more physical than last year. And they're trying to build to beat Michigan, right? And that's what you need to do, be physical in the trenches, be physical up front. That's the problem that they've had. But Kyle McCord looks like the seventh best quarterback in the Big Ten. And I don't know what that means for Ohio State, even if they have all that talent. What I do know is that Marvin Harrison can't only get two catches. Like, that's just can never happen. So they have a lot of no, issues that are not offensively. No, coming into that game, everyone's saying, oh, the best wide receiver duo in the country is Marvin Harrison and, and Mike Ibuka. Uh Harrison, like I said, two catches, 18 yards. Ibuka three catches, 16 yards. Not uh, great. You're not going to be able to compete against better teams in the Big Ten. No offense to Indiana, but, I mean, they're not a very highly touted team coming into the season. And like you said, Kyle McCord, twenty of thirty-three, two thirty-nine in interception. It's not. It's not great. No, not great. Not great, Bob. No, it's it's been a. It's going to be an adventure for McCord, and I know people are calling for Devin Brown and everything too. But man, if they saw this all summer and thought McCord was the guy, and that's what came out, why do you think Devin Brown's going to all of a sudden 
come in and light it up. I think. Well, even Devin they Brown picked the guy got for a, a reason. Snaps. Devin Brown work. got a couple snaps, and he was one of three for negative two yards, and then yeah. one carry for negative three yards. So what? He just he's he better at handing the ball off. Is that why he came in? I don't. Hey. It's not clear. Maybe they should just put Marvin, uh, uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. behind center, just run some, just run some skill players running the offense. I don't know. It wasn't good, and I don't know. They have next weekend. They have to go to Notre Dame, and the way that Notre Dame team has looked to start the season, and they have Notre Dame has a big game, which could be a trap for them this week. But the way that Notre Dame team has looked, they're going to stomp Ohio State. If we look at the two weeks in Notre Dame and what we've seen just from the one game in Indiana that Ohio State had last week, maybe Indiana's just going to be bad luck. The state for the whole state, you never know for Ohio State this it, year. But I feel like going into that game, I'm going to be heavily leading Notre Dame the way that I've seen from these the three games that those two teams have played uh, this year so far. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, Notre Dame played some lower quality uh, opponents at least for the week zero and then last week. But, no, Sam Hartman has that offense humming like crazy. That's and, the thing. Like, Indiana should be a lower-quality opponent, too. They Ohio State, what did they do to Indiana last year, man? That shit was yeah. embarrassing. So, I mean, I know it was at Indiana. It's week one. It's, you know, conference game first week of the season is weird for the Big Ten. Those, those fans were juiced up and everything. So, I get it. And he's going to have a lot easier of a week this week. Let's, let's be real. Um, but – We'll see, man. We'll see. It's a it is a huge storyline in the Big Ten. If you know they play Youngstown State this week, so yeah, they should. And I'm also wrong. It's not next weekend, but the weekend after is at Notre Dame. So they got a couple yeah, weeks so to iron some stuff. Twenty third, September twenty third, yeah. Ohio State at Notre Dame. That's the thing though, too. It's exactly. not. They're not. Yeah, they're not at the horseshoe. They they got to travel to South. So they Bay. got two weeks. Two weeks to see if they can get that offense humming a little bit more. But that Notre Dame game, I mean, it's gonna be. It's going to be interesting, but I feel like right now, if you look at Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, which we're going to be tracking all year, that's they're probably all going to beat each other, and it's going to be terrible for the Big Ten in the long run. That's that's the destiny we're due for. But I'd take McCarthy over McCord, and Drew Allaire is the best quarterback in the conference. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. Yeah. That's all I've seen, all I need to see. Yeah, that's the um... I'm the only thing people could I, people might argue JJ McCarthy over you, but I just I don't know. I'm not sure about JJ. I don't know. Even Michigan people I've seen this week had Drew ahead of McCarthy, or at least on the same tier. And it, it might just be I think it's from a pure I, I think it's a, from a pure talent standpoint. He's got a be, Drew's got a better arm. He's got a better size. JJ McCarthy's really small. That's not like necessarily height wise, but he's yeah. very slight, like his frame. But that's the thing about Alaire. Like we, we, that's the thing. We knew the hype with Alaire. We knew the talent Penn State had amassed on the offensive side of the ball, and it was like, all right, we have all these things. Theory can only take you so far, Mo. And we yeah. had to, we had to see it. And Drew, once he once he uncorked that throw, I stood up as he like as he threw it. I stood up and got excited. And that's so, and it was like, it was really a, a thing that I've only ever done for two other quarterbacks in my lifetime, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. When you see them move like that and uncork, you know, uh, when you're watching on TV at least, because you can't see down the field, but you see the way they step into a throw and the, when they're at that angle, you're like, either this motherfucker is crazy or he thinks he's about to pull off something like incredible. 
Ben Drew pulled off something incredible the other night. Yeah, it's Rose. it's heads it's head scratching plays where if it didn't like work out well, he'd be getting ringed like, out on the sideline. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. but instead it's like, oh, you're you're the best. Like, thank you for being our quarterback. <laughs> Um, all right, let's go to a game. Let's let's start in the SEC. We didn't watch this game. We were at uh, AW All Out Sunday night, but LSU, uh, man, the Brian Kelly experience, all that goodwill that he built up last year came crashing down in one night. It's kind of crazy, and I don't know what he like from everything you've seen and heard about this game at this point. That's the biggest story. Can LSU kind of? Are, are they who we thought they were? Or are they going to be around an eight and four team again? And if so, what does that mean for Brian Kelly? Uh, I mean, I don't know. It's it's like they started the same way kind of last year. They lost in not in not a blowout fashion like they did this this week, but they lost to Florida State last year on that block extra point, and then they turned he turned the season around and they were pretty efficient, and then and they beat Bama. That's pretty. I mean, that's huge for LSU to do that. It's it's only after one week, so it, you know. I think they were a little too touted coming in. That, them being a top ten team to start this year after they went nine and four last year, or eight and eight and five, whatever they ended up being, was a little too much. Uh, I'm not fully sold on them yet. If they go eight and four again and are in the Outback Bowl or the AutoZone Bowl or whatever, then he's on the hot seat next season. I think for sure. We've seen this with college coaches. It's not like most guys don't get, you know five years for their grand experiment. You get three. And if you can't figure it out in three years, then they'll move on to the next guy. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I think that at this point, the way that they looked in that game, and that's a top team. We'll talk about FSU in a second too, because that's a team who that could be a playoff team by the end of the year at this point. This is their biggest hurdle. Their schedule the rest of the way looks pretty easy and even easier with the way Clemson looked. Um but you just look at the the what I mean, the the SEC kind of opens up if LSU isn't a contender this year. Like with everybody was kind of like, oh, is Bama like whatever? Like if it's just gonna, who else can really like A and M is a team with a lot of talent, and you know Bobby Petrino comes in there. Obviously not a liked guy, but his offense has always been electric. That's a team that could jump in and be a surprise team and take over. Like I feel like the West. If LSU's down and Bama is, I don't know, does remains to be seen if Bama's down or not. Um, but just yeah, that's... unsure of of Bama, the West could be interesting with an Ole Miss or a Texas A and M being uh, in a solid position. It for sure, for sure. The West, I mean, obviously you have you have Bama in the, at the head, and then it's kind of open after that. Uh, well, like I said, it's it's week one. It's hard to write a team off right away, but we gotta moving forward. Everyone's eyes on Brian Kelly and what if he can figure. They have it out. to be. My point is, they got to be perfect now. The rest, of, I guess, for a playoff perspective, more too. They have to be perfect the rest of the way. They're all for a playoff perspective. Yeah, so. they don't. I mean, last year they made the SEC title game without. I mean, and they weren't perfect the rest of the season. And they lost. A, yeah, that's true. They got they got steamrolled by Georgia, but I mean, everyone got steamrolled by Georgia. Very true. Um, yeah, um, we'll see what happens. I I just think it's going to be more wide open in the West. I think that that could be a, a two-loss, three-loss team maybe. Who knows? Like, or like, I guess they only have eight games. So probably a two-loss team because it just feels like those teams are kind of all – they're still – Bama's still the top dog, always going to be, but 
who knows? It's just interesting the how that game played out because FSU, they they showed up, man. They were yeah, they were everything. They were ready for them to be in more. Yeah, and Clemson did not. Clemson losing twenty eight to seven on the road. It just looked offense looked anemic again. Um, so Florida State. I mean, these were the two contenders really we were talking about. Maybe North Carolina will get more of a mention and slide into where Clemson's mention is at this point because they had a really good performance against South Carolina and looked good all over the place too, defensively as well. So maybe the hierarchy is now Florida State at the top level and North Carolina under them and Clemson is lower. But Florida State really looks like with their schedule the rest of the way, they obviously go to Clemson. That's their toughest remaining game, though. They look like they could be on the uh, on a path towards a pretty easy 12-0 and season if they keep up at this level. Yeah, um, I think we have to – if we're talking about how Clemson – I mean, you got to talk about the team they lost to, though. Uh, October 21st, Duke at Florida State. And, I mean, Duke certainly didn't, they didn't look perfect in that game. I mean, they had multiple turnovers. But if they're able to put together a season – with Riley Leonard, like people are talking about him being a first round pick. And if he's able to lead them, it's an interesting ACC with him coming around. You never know. You never know if that's a, that's a big game Florida State could lose. I mean, it's at home, but still. It's true. It's true. Yeah. I mean, go ahead. We, I got to give a shout out to Virginia tech and Brent pride, you know, former, former Penn state coordinator. They won last week, so you know one and zero. I mean, they're basically the same as Florida State in that respect. Yeah, that's true, and that's a team that is a sleeping giant that might just be, might just be ready to roll like at any point. Virginia Tech, that Virginia Tech could be that team could be cooking this year for all we know. That's a team that we definitely got to watch out for. I was just really impressed by what I saw all year last year from Florida State, and they built upon it. But North Carolina. They're just they're complete, and we'll talk about Drake at Drake May here too because I want to check in on Drake and Caleb Williams all year. They're going to be number one, and well, maybe I mean who knows? Caleb Williams' dad said he might not come out this year. No, no number one pick has ever thrown that card out that we might not come out in the draft if it's a bad team. But um, how did you feel about their performance? It's, I mean, it kind of it kind of happened before though with the Caleb Williams thing. I mean, Eli said you know I'm not playing for the Chargers. Yes, but he was in the draft, so. He still got yeah. drafted. We've had the last couple of years. This has happened in basketball and football where the number one suspected number one pick comes out and they're like, oh, man, maybe we'll stay in school if we don't go to the right organization. And then you see a hundred million dollars from Nike or whatever. And like, yeah, maybe I'll come. Maybe I'll come out. It's an all right idea. I mean, can't you can't blame them. I wouldn't want to go. I wouldn't want to go play for the Cardinals. Hey, it, you're right. If it's the Cardinals, I'd, I mean, living in Arizona, it could be worse, though. It could be worse. I know he's talking about a football situation, but you never know. Yeah. But how, how do you think they? How do you think that Drake looked week one? How do you think Caleb has looked so far? Caleb has looked the same he did last year. He's he can, can keep a play going if the if the pocket breaks down. He has a ridiculous arm. He looks so calm at all times. People thought there might be a drop off in that offense, but you know, losing Jordan Addison, uh, there there was no drop off. He he looks every bit as the Heisman winner he was last year. Drake, um, it looks 
looks the same like he did last year too. He looks like an insanely gifted six foot five quarterback who can sling a ball. Freak. He's not as mobile as yeah. He's not as mobile as Caleb is, but he can still he can pick up you know a first down if he needs to, and he's got a great arm. And I mean the ACC isn't you know isn't always touted for the level of talent that they have to compete against. So he can work his way through those defenses pretty efficiently. Yeah. I think that they're – I think uh, I was impressed by their defense as much as anything too, but the way he looks again this year, if their, def- if their defense is good, they're going to be really tough to beat by any of those ACC teams. Yeah. They're, the thing with UNC is that – and this is one weekend, so it's going to be an issue down the way – is they fell apart at the end of last year. They lost their last four games. So we gotta. It's a. They gotta keep an eye out if they can actually finish a season. But right now they look like that. It's Florida State and then them as the two top teams in the ACC for sure. Yeah, I'm with it. Uh, the big. T- we'll wrap up um, in the Big Twelve before we go to our game picks later on. Texas Tech losing to Wyoming. Baylor losing to Texas State, which insane. And TCU obviously losing to Colorado. What's good with the Big 12? Man? What should we expect from this conference this year? Because those felt like three teams that I was expecting to be pretty damn good. Is it just going to be Oklahoma State and Kansas State running away? Like Oklahoma, I guess, looked awesome, but they were playing, you know, Arkansas State. Is Texas going to Texas gonna be able to – the big question with Texas is obviously we're going to talk about them with the Bama game. Um, but, yeah, like where does this – those are three teams. I thought it was going to be more competitive. Those teams all lost disappointing games. Uh, what do you think about those? I guess it's, those three specifically. Though with with those three, the I, I said the most. I mean, we already talked about TCU. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, yeah. they were always gonna have they were always gonna have a hangover. They kind of had a Cinderella story last year, um, just being you know going so undefeated in the regular season and then making the playoff and then beating Michigan, and then they lost so much talent in the draft. So that one's explainable. The the Baylor game doesn't make any sense. It wasn't that they, they all oh, they lost in like a last second field goal or something or you know a blocked extra point or something like just some kind of mishap. They got dominated by Texas State in that game. And it's it's weird with a like a Dave Miranda is a good defensive coach and they got worked by the Texas State. That one it's that's a very much a head scratch because Baylor's usually a contender in the Big Twelve. It's unclear. Texas Tech they just got you know they ran into into the post, man. They couldn't handle going to Laramie. Apparently, maybe it's the elevation. They 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 left they left Lubbock and they couldn't handle it. And that game went to double overtime, so obviously it was competitive. But they just maybe it was maybe it's an elevation thing. Either way, it's that's a non-conference. They could still compete. Uh, they have very much from what the Big Twelve commissioner said. They're the ones who have a, they're pointing a target on Texas's back. He's rooting for Texas Tech outright because Texas is leaving the Big Twelve. So well, you know they're gonna be they're gonna be competitive at least. Yeah, they might get a couple of things towards their way. Yeah, it was it was just crazy. I mean, the Wyoming thing—that's a tough environment to go into in Tech. It, it was obviously a close game, but yeah, just crazy to see all these teams take their L's, and it might just be Texas and Oklahoma in the last year. That would be hilarious if the last year of the Big Twelve we finally get our Texas Oklahoma conference championship game i think a lot of people are hoping for that so let's get to our game picks all right we're gonna wrap up the pod we got three games at the end i want just straight predictions i think that's what we got to do here so we'll end with the big one 
And so we'll start Notre Dame at NC State. Obviously, we were talking about how well Notre Dame's offense specifically has looked. Defense looked pretty good, too, but they played lesser competition, obviously. At NC State, NC State's a team in the ACC who can make some noise. They're a scrappier team. I think there's people that are that are high on that. They were pretty good last year, too. I mean, they've been pretty solid the last couple of years. And this feels like a – I don't know. It just feels like a spot where it, it's going to be a very – it's noon, very early start. It, it just feels like a really interesting – a really interesting game for the second week of the slate. NC State's 1-0. They beat UConn on the road 24-14. to That was a fun game. Um, two, they looked like a solid team that week. But what do you think? What's your prediction? Uh, I'm, I'm still going to go with Notre Dame just because I think the way that offense is working right now with, with Sam Hartman is that it's they're going to they're just going to be able to work their ball down the field. NC State is going to have to try to keep play uh, catch up the entire time. And I don't know if they can. Brennan Armstrong didn't look bad week one, but 24 points against UConn is not great. I mean, I know UConn's a little bit on the rise, but even, I mean, the biggest thing is going to be the factor if they're playing. I mean, how much is the home field advantage come in for NC State? If they can keep that game close into the second half, then who knows? But Notre Dame might just have the power to run away with it quick. So I'll go Notre Dame. Okay. Um, I'm also going Notre Dame. I will go Notre Dame. Notre Dame 31 and NC State 20. Oh, I, I, I didn't know you wanted to score. Pre- I can give you a score prediction. Give uh, me a score. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, I'll go 35-17. Okay. So that's – I mean, I feel like that's about what we're looking – we're in the same kind of range, just one more possession. But, yeah, that two possession, Notre Dame will be able to win. It'll be close into the third quarter. I think it'll be a fun atmosphere, too, in Raleigh. But, yeah, Notre Dame's a better team, and they'll be looking on to Ohio State after that. Colorado at the same time as this game, where most of the eyes of the country will be on, in Boulder, taking on Nebraska, who once again lost in heartbreaking fashion 13-10 to 10 <laughs> It's the it's, spread is only Colorado by three, which is probably just a you know partially like we can't we don't want to give them too much hype from one win, but also we saw that Nebraska defense looked damn good last week, obviously, and they had four turnovers in that game and only lost by three. That's a big thing to me. Like when you mess up like that and still lose close, like clearly that Nebraska team is better than that result. So how will that manifest against Colorado, who we saw high-flying? But it's a big contrast of styles here, I guess, is the best way to put it. It, it is – oh, it is the biggest contrast of styles possible. <laughs> and it's, it's former former big big eight opponents. That's, that's why this game was slated. Uh, even, I don't think Nebraska can – that's the problem. Is even with Nebraska's defense, which looked solid against Minnesota, but it's Minnesota whose offense isn't great. Even if they look think, decent, I think this game is just going to get blown open by Colorado's offense. The offense is too electric. I think for, for Nebraska is too slow. They're not going to be able to keep up with them at all. This was kind of the issue we talked about when we were watching TCU. They're too slow. They weren't fast enough to try to keep up with with the running backs and the wide receivers of Colorado. So, yeah. it, it, pretty quickly, I think that game is going to just turn into a track meet, and Matt Rule is going to fall behind. I'll, I'll go. He said it's only three. Uh, still, I'll I'll go twenty-eight to seven. 
I'll, you know, I'll give Nebraska 10. They get 10 again, 28 to 10. Okay. That's what I think too. I think it'll be third. But that's like a, it's like a garbage time touchdown. They're, they're trailing a lot of that game. I was going to say 24 to seven. I think that's the, so we're right around the same range. Think that, think that Colorado's a better team, but they're not going to be able to, to run up and down the field like last week, but they're, they're a better team. All right. The big one Saturday night, Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Alabama, Texas. It's got to be. It's got to be Texas. It's always got to be Texas. This is. That was a game last year. Will it be high scoring or will it be a a war like last year? (laughs) That's what I. That's what I was going to say. Last last year shocked everyone, I think, because Texas defense was able to stifle Bryce Young and Alabama pretty effectively. It was twenty to nineteen on a field goal. That's how they lost. I think this year though is. I think it's going to be the reverse. I think that game is going to. It's going to be really close again. But I'm I'm thinking it's gonna be like forty two to thirty nine. It's gonna be a high scoring affair, still like really close down to the bitter end. But Texas uh, pulls it out. Yeah, I got I got Texas too. I got, I think that uh, I think this is their year. I, I really think that the Texas is back cliches all the all the time, but they've had the talent, and I think Ewers. I don't care what they they did not care about you. What I've seen too many people. And I got caught up in it a little bit too. But Ewers didn't look sharp last week and everything. This team did not care about Rice. They have been looking forward all summer to this matchup in Tuscaloosa to show their worth. And I think they're going to be ready for it. I've got uh, 37, 31, I think. I think that's what I'm going to go with. Another high score. I think I'm with you. I think it's going to be a high scoring affair. I think Jaden, I think Milrow is going to run all over that Texas defense too. A lot of frustrating plays. But I think that the Texas offense and the playmakers on that side of the ball just going to be too much. But that'll do it for the first ever edition of Not Here to Play School podcast. Alex Micah, thank you for joining. Jake Micah, thank you. Here. Thank you. Have a great evening. And anybody else tuning in, if you're live on Spaces, we'll be on Pay the Bills Pod. Follow us at Trainwreck Sports too, covering college football, Bills. Sabres, basketball, NHL, wrestling, uh, housewives, for Maniac, everything. We'll be there. Have a good night, folks.